careful with it, would you? And, uh, bye. Thanks for saving me from the Chuck Norris marathon with the snack run, Carly. No problem. Don't get me wrong. Sharing a motel room with him after a hunt is an awesome way to celebrate. But the man's choice in movies is iffy, even on a good day. What about mine? Digging into the law was not my idea of downtime after we cleaned out that nest. I'm coming back with nothing even remotely close to natural in it. Besides, you know I'm itching to take the wheel without your Mr. Backseat Driver in his comments. What? Someone's by the car. Of course. The one time he parks a mile away from the rooms. Really, Sandra? That's what you're going with for weapons? Well, Dean never uses them. Because throwing stars are as good of an idea as those films he makes you sit through. Oh, put the demon blade away. It's our old partner in crime. Hey, I guess you're wanting to tag along again? Well, come on in before Sam turns on the puppy dog eyes and makes me cave and bring him a salad, which I'm not going to do. I'm not a kale delivery system. All right, well, you know Dean's house rules in baby. Driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole, and the ones in the back enjoy the ride, idling in the Impala. Hope you like meatloaf. For a snack? Music, Sandra, music. Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And today, this episode, we thought we'd bring you some of our thoughts on some of the themes that run through the Supernatural show. For this first episode, we thought we'd uh, have a chat about the themes of family that run through Supernatural. So the family you come from versus the family you make for yourself in life. Can't promise you won't get a little bit heavy, but we're going to try and keep it light. So I suppose starting this one off, Sandra, probably if we give like a brief detail of the kind of family we come from, and then Mm -hmm. we can look at drawing some parallels between our families and the boys and where we go from there. So I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I'm Carly. I'm an orphan. (laughs) I, uh, I lost my mom very young. I was in my very early twenties. No dad, only a stepdad who is. God love him, not great at being a dad. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from with the family that I come from. And I I suppose before I get into where I, I fall in the line, Sandra, you want to fill us in on your side? Sure, yeah, because we, we are definitely going to get all sorts of heavy, I think, whether we want to or not. Um, we'll try, we'll try. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I guess um, I've sort of been the... Uh, assistant or part of a family dynamic where my mom was very young when she married my father, um, came over from Italy. Um, they had a rough go of it separated maybe three years in. And that was around the time when I'd come along. Um, and then pretty much growing up uh, my role was really helping my mom through, um, life in, in general. Um, I was the, you know, I was helping her, um, you know, with reading things, writing things, helping out with paperwork. Um, I was balancing a checkbook at like 11, you know, for finances and different things like that. So I, I know we'll get into a little bit more later, but there's been a bunch of different, readings and just self-reflection on my part that I've been doing um, with therapy and then just outside on my own, uh, getting a lot more information about family dynamics and really how much of your childhood does affect everything, you know, that you do later on in life and how you're either, you know, pushing against it or kind of just riding, riding the tide and, you know, riding the waves and, and just kind of going back and forth with it. So yeah, I've, I've been very much the, the helper, the one that gets stuff done, the one that um, people come to for 
help assistance uh the fixer maybe maybe mm-hmm. that might be a good um the listener um not maybe as much the doer but i've really made a concerted effort to sort of like break out of that and um do more for what do i want as a as a person and that really hasn't started i could say it's been maybe the past 10 or 15 years where i've really started challenging that um more so yeah that's that's kind of where i guess i fit in not even just family but i think just relationships in general which i think mm-hmm. you know bleed out into life and you know how how you do a lot of what you do in family kind of does bleed over into work yeah and, friendships and and different things like that. So I I don't think, unless you're really great at it, I don't think compartmentalizing or um, I know some people call it like maybe like even code switching, you know, like it's, it's just some people do that out of, they're just able to do it better. Some people just kind of like dig their heels in and just go full force into the, well, this is how it is here. So it's going to be this way everywhere else. So Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of like where I'm at. I'm nodding away here. I'm nodding away like you can see me. I'm like, yep, yep, all of that, all of that. So I suppose, like, you'd you'd be Dean then, wouldn't you? The fixer, the listener, the sorter-outer, the taking control and and just dealing with the situation of family and, you know, whether whether you want to or not, whether you enjoy it or not, that's that's what you do. Yeah. That's just how it is. See, I'm... I'm, a lot of my early life up until my mum passed away, I I was that. I was I I wasn't I wasn't the fixer, like team single mums unite, um, team being in charge of a household very young, unite mm-hmm. as well. Like mm-hmm. I didn't my mum didn't have the same sort of barriers that your mum had, like language barriers and things. Mm-hmm. But she was one person and she was wo- working her ass off, you know, six, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And the house has got to be cleaned. Mm-hmm. And I'm a lazy teenager. I'm not doing anything else. Mm -hmm. So, you Mm -hmm. know, that, that sort of role of like keeping up the housework and stuff fell to me, Mm -hmm. but overall I've, I've always been more Sam get away, get out from under the expectations. Don't, you know, there's an expectation that you live a certain way and you're going to do things a certain way and you're going to be a certain way. And I've, always really rebelled against that mm-hmm. even like I suppose but for, for the the purposes of clarity I define my life as before and after mm. so even even before I was you know I was the rebellious one and I, I'm I'm the baby of the family apart from my own children now mm-hmm. um but I, I was the baby of the family and I was always like, yeah, I'm going to get like facial piercings and I'm going to get tattoos and mm-hmm. I'm going to drop out of college and you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you're just going to have to get in line basically. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that caused a lot of problems for my mom mm-hmm. who was told more than once to get that girl in line. Mm. <laughs> Bless her. And she was like, what do you want me to do? Tie us or something? She yeah. grown. She can do what she wants. Yeah. Um, but like then, so I, I always had that mentality that I wasn't gonna, you know, like the expectations weren't anything, you know, really strenuous, but I sort of rebelled against them anyway, mm-hmm. purely on the basis that they were expectations. And I was kind of held to task, even though it wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. So even like before I rebelled against that and then afterwards, I rebelled against that even harder mm. because then the expectation was that I would step into her shoes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she was, she was a Dean as well. Mm. She was do the thing and get mm-hmm. yelled at and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and so they, they expected I was going to fall into line with that. And I very, very much didn't. Yeah. And that, that caused like a huge breakdown as well yeah like inside like my extended family mm-hmm. so I suppose I I identify with Sam but I've been Dean more right. than I've been Sam I think yeah I think with um so I think Sam was very much like uh like the golden child right like in the family like yes. it wasn't just John it was Dean like Dean loving caring for um and to a certain extent I feel like um, I was kind of all of that for my mom 
you know, growing up because she didn't really, like I said, she was really isolated. Like once, um, once she was no longer with my father, you know, stranger in a strange land kind of deal. Like she had some people she could rely on, but those people ended up using and abusing that trust as well, you know? And so then I think I've said this to you before, and I may have mentioned it, like, you know, there's, I was just a good little girl because I didn't want to make things harder. So I really, really focused on making myself invisible. So I guess maybe almost like the good little soldier, you know, where just like, you know, you just, you just do what you got to do. Don't rock the boat, keep things in line, because if one thing gets pulled, everything's going to fall apart. And you, you know, you care about um, your parent, your, your small family bond so much that you don't want to mess that up for anyone. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's where I, I came from, you know, going, just growing up at a very, very young age um, and thinking about, you know, what my, uh, being given a lot of information, probably more information than necessary about family dynamics and what's going on. And I, I think that that's what Dean was given. You know, Dean was given all of the information, all of this is what life is for us and shielding it from Sam. Now I was an only child um, up until I was 17. And then, you know, I have a half brother from my dad's second marriage. So I was just kind of like, I was it for my mom. You know, it's just like, that was, that was it. That was all. That's what she relied on. Um, And that has continued, uh, you know, for a very long time, even up, up until today. So there's still that finding a way to make it work within my um, marriage, you know, and making that still be an important thing and making everyone feel valid and validated. I'm very much the peacekeeper. God, there's that scene. You know, maybe that's why I kind of like didn't want to focus on Dean so much because I, for so many seasons, like we talked about, I really didn't look at him really, I think until maybe like season six, because I feel like there was so much similarity, but like, there's that one scene where it's in season one, like when Sam and John are back together and they're pulled off to the side of the road and he's in the middle, just trying to get them to listen to each other, just to slow it down, just to, you know, not go at each other. And there's a, Mm -hmm. I remember seeing a saying of, you know, like I wasn't, the only reason you thought I was the good little kid growing up is just because I didn't want to, I didn't want to rock the boat. Like, it doesn't mean I didn't want to rebel. I didn't want to do things just for me. I just didn't do them um, because I didn't maybe feel like I was worth enough, you know, that I had anything other to offer um, growing up. I was the shy kid. I was the invisible kid where I think Dean, um, Dean had the bravado, right? Like he had the armor. He had a different armor. Like I had an armor where don't see me. And I think he had the armor of, well, this is, this is who I want you to think that I am, but you know, I really don't even know what I am, but I'm just going to give you what I think you want Mm -hmm. to see. Um, Like, like kind of like after school special where we see Sam and Dean in mm -hmm. high school and Dean's you know, that scene near the end where he gets caught with the other girl and she's like, oh, I feel sorry for you. And he's like, no, I'm a hero. I saved the world. And mm-hmm. like, but you can see he's just a a kid who's just trying so fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we talk about, you know, John Winchester's A plus parenting and, <laughs> and all yeah. of that. But um, I think like in honestly, like on, on more self-reflection, like it and something like, you know, I've just had to do it you know, come to terms within therapy is that, you know, our parents are human first and foremost, and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to do the best that they can in certain situations and scenarios. And though I, I don't, I don't agree with everything, um, you know, John did growing up. And I still think, you know, that I will still say, I think Dean got the shitty end of the stick time and time again Oh yeah. in that scenario that I, I know he was probably doing it out of like desperation. This is all I know how to do. And I don't know how to do it any different. And, you know, he could, could he have like, you know, reached out to other people and, you know, 
Could he have had that enlightenment, you know, moment? Sure. Did he have it? No. This is what ended up happening um, with Dean. But there's a um, there's a, a thing, and, and actually, I've, I've like been reading about this for a while, and like watching. I love watching YouTube self help videos. They're just so great. <laughs> yeah. But there's like um, like there's a parent parentification, you know, where you basically take your child becomes part of your like just becomes a part of the parent dynamic, like whether it's with another sibling or just like being that partner, you know, for the adult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't have to be nefarious and and awful and nasty and, and icky, but, um, you know, it becomes a thing where, you know, there you rely on a child for things that you really shouldn't, you know, and I don't, uh, you know, there's emotional, there's like duties, like, you know, um, or just like helping out doing things like things he shouldn't have been doing, you know, at a really mm-hmm. young age with Sam that he was forced to do. And I mean, I think he was a much better parent, you know, in the long run for Sam. And I think that's why, you know, maybe Sam had the courage or willingness to want to run away or wanted to run away because, you know, Dean gave him all of the things that John didn't give Dean, you know, and I, yeah. I think there was that, that, that love that believe in yourself that, you know, that, you know, you're, you're really good at this, Sammy. And we've talked about this before, and I know we go all over the place, but cause we have a lot of thread conversations and then things off to the side that aren't just podcast related. But I remember in the, the last season, season 15, there was the, that flashback episode, um, young Dean, young Sam. And it was that episode. I really couldn't stand that. We were just like, why are they doing this now? It's towards the end of it's towards the end of the series and they're wasting time on this monster of the week. Motel was. Yeah. Yeah. That was dumb. And there was a way, there was a way that the D and it's not the fault of the actor or whatever, you know, I, I say it's more writers and, you know, different people not really taking into consideration the relationship we've seen over the years with these two brothers, but he kind of, I mean, I understand why he did it. If you really like look deep into it, like Sam was looking at, you know, oh, maybe I might go to college. Maybe I might, you know, I, I want to really, I really want to deal with school. I want, I want to do my best at it. And Dean was kind of like, you know, ah, oh, no, you know, you're not going to be any good at it. You're just going to, just going to be hunting with us forever. So I, that was probably, you know, just him protecting himself and not wanting to lose Sam. But I also didn't, I also felt it just so wasn't genuine, you know, in how he would have related or boosted mm-hmm. Sam up uh, to some extent. And the fact that families, family was everything to Dean family. And that's family is the family you make, I think became even everything to Dean, you know, later on. And I think he had to learn that by getting out of the isolation and the shadows, and that didn't really happen until John died. And when John was gone, um, you know, it kind of gave, they didn't really have any other choice. They had to find other people, you know, to bring into their lives and they had to feel that it was okay to do that. And I can give this person a little bit of my trust and see what happens, but that's, that's hard for somebody who's always been told, oh no, it's just, it's just us. Um, and yeah. I think that's something that, again, I don't think parents do it intentionally or, I mean, there are some people that are just awful and evil and, and whatever, but a lot of it is just survival, right? Like you're just, you're just trying to get through the day. Um, but mm-hmm. I think with John, he had to be out, totally out of the picture for Dean to have any sense of, oh, there's life beyond hunting. And even then it wasn't like he came to that decision or figure that out right away. And I don't really know if he ever did fully, but he could have, you know, that could have been a thing that he could have learned. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. know, like, I don't know what your thoughts are on the family because there are definitely some instances where I think there's a tier level for Dean, right? There's certain people that, yes, you're definitely family. Well, here you're right here. You could almost make it up there, but you're not quite there yet, you know? And it's yeah. like, so, um, Again, not to say that that's makes him bad. It makes him cautious and not wanting to get hurt because then I think once he 
he's given of himself in some situations, he's gotten hurt. And I don't know how many times he wants to continue to get hurt. And then he just pulls back. So I mm-hmm. think family is a very coveted spot for Dean. You know, like if you, if I call you family, that means you've made it. Like I only have, I have a handful of people in my life that I could say, you are family, even if it's not blood, you know, you are somebody mm-hmm. I would, I would, I, I would, I would fight somebody for you. If I see that you're being treated um, badly by mm-hmm. someone and there's no reason for it. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, sort of to tie it into, into my own life, my mom was very John in a way like with, with her parents, she was Dean, mm-hmm. but to me, she was John. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like mm-hmm. she was, she was a good mom. Yeah. But she was, the only thing she could ever see was her needs, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So while I never went hungry and I never went cold and I never did without, you know, mm-hmm. I always had like clothes and shoes, like the basics, you yeah. know, the, yeah. the, the stuff that you have to do. Yeah. I yeah. had all of that, but like, that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing. I can count on one hand the number of times me and my mum did anything for fun ever mm. you know she worked ah, that all the time so hard Carly because that's like exactly like me with my mom too yeah yeah all yeah. all my fun memories are with other people with mm-hmm. my dad like mm-hmm. who who is a stepdad but he's been around long enough he's in the title mm-hmm. or like other family members you know mm-hmm. never never with her because she went to work and she did the thing and then her time was her time it wasn't mm-hmm. our time. It wasn't family time. It was her time. Mm-hmm. So then she's like, she's still, she had me when she was 29. So she's still young, mm-hmm. you know, so she's still, and like her marriage is broken down. So she wants to go out, you know, maybe she wants to find a new partner. She wants yeah. to have fun as a grown up. She wants to get laid, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's icky, but I can, like, she was, <laughs> she was a person yeah. and I'm like, you know, just, just a funny little tidbit. I can remember um, messing around with her um and being like you know you know when you're like a a teen and like the thought of like sex like your parents having sex is just fucking disgusting yeah and I was like my mother only had sex once and it was to create me blah 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 and I was just chatting with my friends and she was in the kitchen and she just poked her head around the kitchen door and went you attended my wedding and then went back in the kitchen (laughs) she just fucking just devastated the whole conversation I was like oh god ew but like so like as an adult I can be like maybe she wanted to get laid you know whatever Mm -hmm. um but there was like I was very much Dean you know just Mm -hmm. left to left to figure it out really um and I I'm I'm an only child my uh well it's my biological dad might have other kids but I don't know so Mm -hmm. for me it's you know it's me my stepdad doesn't have any other children Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a little brother or sister to pass, you know, anything onto like Dean did. But what mm-hmm. I did do, what I do do is I pass it on to my kids mm-hmm. and I look at all the things that my family did and I go, right, okay, not that, yeah, not that, definitely not that, yeah. absolutely not that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have, my eldest son is nearly a preteen. So, you know, a lot of doors get slammed in my house. A lot of mm-hmm. stairs get stamped mm-hmm. on. And I get a lot of oh, I hate you, mm-hmm. and I think you're doing something right. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. He doesn't mean that he's mad, right. but at least he knows he can say it, mm-hmm. and nothing, nothing bad's going to happen. You yeah. know, I'm not going to. There's not going to be any repercussions. He can be angry and mm-hmm. say really hurtful things, and I'll go. Oh, I could just with yeah. my bare hands, child, and yeah. then we go away when we calm down, and it's you know. So I kind of feel like, like you were saying, like Dean put everything John didn't do for him into, Mm -hmm. into Sam. I think I do this. I do the same, the same Mm -hmm. things with my kids, like even down to really little things. Like I tell my kids, I love them every day, Mm -hmm. every single day. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know I exchanged I love yous with my mom, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't pinpoint it. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't, 
I couldn't say for definite, like, yeah, this, this is a thing. Yeah. But I, I tell my kids every day, mm-hmm. every single day, I give them hugs whenever I, I try my best to give them hugs whenever they want. Cause mm-hmm. my family was very touch averse. Nobody really, you got a hug if you'd been really badly hurt. Okay. Physically. I mean, if you'd been emotionally hurt, well, can you just fucking suck that up? You're ruining dinner. Um, <laughs> But if you'd been like, if you'd been physically hurt, you would get a hug and mm-hmm. then you would be told how stupid or clumsy or whatever you'd been. I remember falling over on the way to work. It was um, snow at a time when the UK, we really didn't have snow at that time and the, nobody knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And I fell, I fell on the way to work and I ended up breaking um, a small bone in my wrist. So I was like casted up for a couple of weeks. And I went to go see like uh, my mum's parents and stuff. And my granddad just spent the whole time just ripping the piss out of me. We'd gone for a meal and he was like, oh, do you need me to cut your food up like you're a baby? Like really taking the piss out of me. And when I complained to my mum afterwards and be like, that was fucking mean. Like my Mm -hmm. feelings are hurt. Mm -hmm. Like I really hurt myself and I was on my own. And it was awful because at the time. We lived in one city, like we lived in city A. My mum worked in city B and I worked in city C and they were like sort of equidistant from each other. Okay. And because of the, because of the weather, my mum couldn't get to me mm-hmm. um, sh- and she wasn't allowed to leave work to get to me. So I, this had happened like eight o'clock in the morning before work. Okay. I had to walk, walk to work, call her and be like, my wrist is swelling up like a motherfucker. I think I've done something. And then I had to, like, I got someone from work to take me to the hospital in the city that I was working with. And she called me and she's like, they won't let me leave. I'm really mm-hmm. sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sending your daddy's going to come and get you from the hospital and take you home. But I'd, like, gone through all of that, like, on my own. And it, mm-hmm. I was only, I would have been about 18, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really scary. Um, and, like, I'd, I'd cried when she came home. I was like, it was, just, it was awful. And my arm yeah. really hurts. And then he just like fucking took the piss out of me. This is like a couple of days later. And I'd said to her, you know, like that was mean. Like my feelings are hurt. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, you know, it's only it's only because you're okay. You know, it, he wouldn't have done that if it was more serious. You know, it's only because he's relieved that you're okay. And I'm like, so he couldn't have just said that? He couldn't have just been like, I'm glad you're all right. No, this is the, this is the option we've chosen. Yeah, this is, yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, you got like a hug if like, I think, do you know what? He didn't hug me when my mum died. Hmm. If that tells you, mm-hmm. you, Sandra, anybody listening, that's the kind of family dynamic I come from. Yeah. My mum died and he didn't hug me. He came up behind me and he put his hands on my shoulders and he squeezed my shoulders really hard and he was like, it will be okay. And that was it. Hmm. So I hug my kids as much as I possibly can. Yeah, I'd like I'm I'm I'd like I'm quite touch averse myself, but if they want a hug, I'll grip my teeth. You know, I don't want them to know that I don't want them to touch me. They can have all the hugs they want. I tell them I love them every day. I tell them I'm proud of them. I tell my oldest boy I don't care what he does with his life as long as he's happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I try my level best not to put any kind of expectations or pressure on him. I just want him to do his best. You know what I mean? Because I don't ever want him to feel like I felt that he's so stuck he needs to like run away from all of it yeah you know yeah I don't I don't want him to feel like he needs to make bad choices and rebel just to feel in control of his life Mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah yeah, I didn't I don't have like siblings to pass that on to but I do pass in the same way Dean took all the things John taught him and didn't teach him and passed them on I do I do the same with my own kids yeah I think my mom, um, well, okay. So like, you know, Italians, hugs, kisses, that kind of thing. But I know the saying, um, the saying, I love you. Like she did that a lot more and like talking to her now as an adult, she said, you know, she, she made the decision to do that because, um, you know, her parents really didn't, you know, say, I love you, um, as often, but I, I remember always hearing, I love you and getting, you know, getting the, the physical, um, attention, um, 
again, you know, Italians do the double kiss. They do the hugs. They can't help it. Some people look at you like you're crazy when you go in for a hug and it's like, oh, okay, wait, you guys come from a different <laughs> culture or background. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I was like, do we nope. don't do that here. Oh, we don't do that. Okay. We don't do that here. Cause I had, uh, I had some friends growing up where like, you'd go to someone's house and like, you just on principle, it's like, oh, I'm going to give you a hug. And like, you could see their faces like deer, like, like, oh my God, what are you doing? It's like, okay. Like, and I'd have to like prep mom, like, you know, mom, they don't do things. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, we do things. So just, you know, don't, don't, don't alarm anyone. Like, you know, when you do that, but um, when you were talking about, uh, you know, not doing anything fun, I think for my mom, it was more fear-based um, just like the fear prevented her from wanting to try different things. And that spilled over to me growing up. Um, and then that, you know, I, I, I've said this to you before. I don't think, I think my choice to not have kids is because I don't know if I would just do exactly the same thing to a child. And not that I feel like I, again, I don't, I don't feel like I was brought up horribly or that I had the worst, but I know that within myself, I, I don't want to put all of my expectations and eh, this going to sound bad. I don't want to put all of oh, my no. love or everything that I'm about into this little person that's just been, you know, brought into the world and shouldn't have all of that expectation thrust upon them, you know, just going, going into it. And I think you've, I think we've had discussions on that too, you know, like um, it's that needing to feel that you're going to have someone that loves you no matter what, you know, I, I don't, I think that's why I've been so averse or, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with being child-free, you know what I mean? Like that's, and luckily, you know, my husband and I, we, you know, we had discussions going into this before and we were both of the same mindset. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm a great uncle, but I'd be an awful dad. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, good to know. And you know where I think I, I think I probably would have been actually probably a really good parent, but it's wasn't, it wasn't that thing. I don't feel that, you know, I know a lot of people growing up, they just feel that they're going to be a parent. I never really had that. Um, and again, I, I, I look at, it's really interesting. Like I do always wonder, you know, Dean was really good, I think, at being that guardian for kids, I think. But, you know, and I think he would he would have been a, a great dad, I think, once he'd gotten some therapy. therapy. <laughs> but, you know, would he have chosen that for himself or would he want to just be the uncle or the person that because I had a I had a godmother who was like she was like my second mom, um, like met she came into my life probably when I was like nine or 10 and she became that. This is what life can be like for you. This is, you can think outside of just this, but you know, it took a long time and like, I wouldn't learn those lessons for like years later, but it was like, you can, you can rebel, but it's not rebel. It's just being what you find in yourself and that can change, right? That doesn't have to be a static thing. You're going to grow. You're going to change the people that you surround yourself with family. You hope will be okay with you, no matter what you choose to do or become, you know, cause at the base, it's what's inside that really, really hasn't changed. So yeah, she was, she was that sort of that light, that fun, that, oh, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And, you know, um, but yeah, it was always like, well, we can't because we don't have it. And, you know, we, I, my father had the means, my mom had to sort of like, you know, beg him, you know, for the means for the help. And she worked really hard, didn't make a lot of money. Um, and that, that became, well, you've got to be smart about your choices and, you know, and then growing, growing up, it's like, well, I'm, I'm good with my money, but I want to use my money towards something fun, you know, and she's yeah. never really kind of, it's always that fear and that's that anxiety. And that's something I've always had to work with. And I always, I, you know, I do wonder like how much fear, you know, Dean had of being abandoned 
um, you know, being being left on his own because he was a few times. And I feel like my mom had that and I probably had, you know, got that through osmosis, you know, and just growing up, not, you know, knowing that, you know, my dad made the choice to leave, you know, very young. And, you know, I still have connection to him and relationship with him, but it's not anything deep, you know, um, and it's very transactional at times, but again, it's just how he is as a human. And I've kind of just grown to accept that and not expect more. Um, I think when your expectations of people go beyond what's reasonable, then it's, you need to do the self-reflecting, you know, and be like, okay, what can I expect from this person? And I think that might be what, that might be what Dean had to come to terms with, with Sam. Like, you know, what is he expecting out of Sam? You know, he can't be there for him all the time, you know, and this means like Sam can't be there for Dean all the time. And if you want to let, if you keep saying, I want you to have this apple pie life, you got to let him have the apple pie life. And I think they, they struggled with that over and over and over again. Um, And the codependency and all of that wasn't Mm -hmm. the best. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some, something I live by now and I, I, it's a lesson I teach my kids and it's something I repeat to my friends when, when they're having issues is you can't change people. You can only change you. Mm-hmm. So people, people are going to be who they're going to be. My family is always going to be shit, right? Okay. I have two cousins that I love to the moon and back and they are categorically not shit right mm-hmm. if there's like if there's mm-hmm. like two columns of garbage family and not garbage family right they're firmly not garbage like I have two cousins that I absolutely love to the moon and back obviously obviously I have my dad and then I have my maid family mm-hmm. but the rest of my family fucking sucked my grandparents sucked when they were alive my mom's sister who will never be called my aunt ever again she sucks my mom's other sister yeah, she skirts the line like mm-hmm. she gets the aunt title, but sometimes she's kind of pants too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then she's got a lot going on in her life. So it's yeah, you know, yeah. swings and roundabouts. Um, but like one thing, like I tried to live by it before, but it really, really hammered into me after. Um, because I was I was 22 when my mom died. I was 22 when I had a two-year-old. Um, and I mean, there's no there's no age to lose a parent, mm-hmm. none at all. Um, my granddad passed away last year and he was 90 mm. um and his oldest daughter will turn 70 this year and she she wasn't ready to let her dad go you mm-hmm. know there's no there's no good time to lose a parent yeah. but yeah if there's a sliding scale of bad times to lose a parent mm-hmm. I'd say that's you know it's up there it's because mm-hmm. we were just sort of starting to get kind of back on track right you know the being the whole teenage rebellion phase and then I'd gone off and got pregnant and that the, that was a thing um you know and I'd so come crawling back to my mom at like seven eight months pregnant mm-hmm. um after me and my son's dad split up and I was like I just need to move back in yeah I came back and you know we did all that and we got so much closer and we were sort of like we were starting to get back on track not Mm -hmm. as not as a parent and child because that ship had sailed a long time ago but as as two grown-ups who you know loved each other dearly Mm -hmm. can be that was how it was right and then of of course it's 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 all stolen it's it's gone in the blink of an eye and, and it's gone and she's gone and that future is gone yeah and what I desperately desperately needed then Mm-hmm. was family was support was help was just i i had i had a son and i had my other half who we've been together 10 years next month mm-hmm. but it felt like i never felt so alone in my life mm-hmm. it's it hits different you know mm-hmm. and i needed I needed somebody to pick me up and go. I needed an adultier adult adult, basically. I mm-hmm. needed someone who was more adult than me to pick me up and go, it's gonna be okay. Like mm-hmm. this is fucking horrible, but it's gonna be okay. And what happened was 
my whole family went, here's a bunch of responsibility. Mm. And I just, I just didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. Mm -hmm. So I just, good little soldier did it. I, I deemed it and I was like, yeah, okay, right, fine. I'll sort the house out and I'll sort the funeral mm -hmm. out and I'll pay for all the things and I'll do this and I'll do mm -hmm. that and you can steal from me and that's fine. And yeah, yeah, fine. And I'll, I've got a two-year-old, but I'll be the one that traipses up and back down to your house instead of you coming to me, even though you have cars and I don't. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Until, until it just snapped. It, yeah. I, it just snapped and I was just like, fucking no. Yeah. But like what I've realized in that moment, I so desperately needed support and it, it wasn't forthcoming from mm. the people who had the ability to help me and they didn't and they made my life 10 times harder. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, they're, they're not going to change. They're not going to be who I need them to be. Yeah. So what can I do about that? I can yeah. stop looking for it in them, you know? Mm -hmm. I, could, I can look for that support in other places. I can find it in myself. Mm -hmm. What I have to stop doing is putting faith in them just to be let down all over again, you know? Yeah. yeah. They're not going to change. So I have to change. You know, I have to manage my expectations. I have to, you know, think about how I'm going to act going forward. Yeah. And as it turned out, that was that didn't go down so great. That mm. um my my decisions there to be like, <laughs> no, um, kind of resulted in me being the dickhead of the family, which I feel is a bit unreasonable because I was a baby who mm -hmm. lost their mom. Mm -hmm. You know, like 22, that's a fucking baby. Yeah. That's not that's not a people, that's a baby. Yeah. Like it's it's it wears adult clothes. And it, it thinks it's real, but that's the fucking baby of a human. You stop that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I'm, I'm I'm the asshole now. I'm the asshole that doesn't ring granddad. Granddad owns a phone, his phone dials out, but I'm the dickhead, you know? Oh yeah, I get that the all the time. Uh, we were and, you were talking a little bit about like your mom like making almost apologies, you know, for her for her dad, like you know, how he was behaving. And yeah. I feel like my you know, my mom's done that for decades, um, you know, with my father and it was always like, well, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that, or you need to be, I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, at some point I'm like, I don't need to be the one that always reaches out. I don't need to be the one that always does what you think is the good thing to do. Sometimes it's okay to be the asshole. Sometimes it's okay to be the villain in someone else's retelling of a story because mm -hmm. chances are you're already the villain anyway. And I would rather not have to continue to extend and extend and extend and be exhausted by being the support for everyone I you're talking about. And I, I was curious, cause I mean, I know it's, it's fictional and it's in no way the same, but just the fact that Sam lost John at that same age right like 20 22 like and I think they might have maybe been able to try to work mm, yeah together you know or try to find that um, respect for each other it, it would have been tough but they might have been able to to do that um but again like Dean just kind of like doing the support thing but yeah no the I I just know I have like a couple few people in my life that are like the ride or die, <laughs> you know, like people in my life that, you know, if I knocked on their door and, you know, I'm like, I killed somebody, you know, they're like, okay, I'll help you. I'll help you bury the body, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of it. Like that's, that's, that's where I consider those people to be everything, you know, to me that mm -hmm. they, they're the ones that see all of me, good, bad, bitchy, all of that stuff. And I don't have to worry about judgment. I don't know yeah. if I can say that necessarily about, you know, my mom again, not in a bad way, but she, I think she would really prefer. I just do things the way that she does them as most people do, but I'm like, mm -hmm. no, I, I can't anymore. <laughs> I can't pretend that's yeah. a thing. I can't pretend I'm, I'm that, that person um, just because it makes your life feel less anxious and you're less fearful if you don't think anything's going to change. Yeah. Um, totally, totally get that. I'm I'm with you. I'm few select people who are who are my ride and ride or die, mm -hmm. you know, 
who again I could be like I murdered somebody like (laughs) okay let me get my shovel and some bags you know like what do you mean officer she killed someone in Delaware that's impossible she's living in the country I don't know what you're talking about what do you mean her passport hasn't been stamped well I I really feel like you need to take that up with the airport staff because she was definitely in the UK yeah hello so this is editing Sandra um as Carly and I started listening to the ramblings of this episode, we decided that we would actually break this up into two parts. So at this point of the discussion, we're going to break. We're going to go into our cannon fodder, Carly's pick. And then in part two of the discussion about family, we'll have some more (laughs) of our thoughts and then we'll have, um, one more cannon fodder that we picked for that episode. So thanks for hanging in there. We will, I guess, get back to the show. I've had this thing for so long, been waiting for the perfect moment to use. Okay, beautiful. Get the guy a mother. This next fic recommendation from Carly is by the author There Must Be a Lock. I will say right off the bat that I enjoy a lot of There Must Be a Lock's work as well. They have an amazing fiction called Marked that I think is one of the first first things that I ever read that was supernatural fanfic related. Uh, that one is uh, Dean Winchester centric they have 105 items on ao3 that are just supernatural they have 14 that are supernatural real person fic and then they have um, a few other fandoms that they seem to like as well that they've written so if you are into criminal minds or the marvel cinematic universe and uh the falcon and the winter soldier tv show you're in for a treat with this author. The title by There Must Be a Lock that uh, Carly has recommended is called Blood Buzz. It's rated explicit. Category is female male. Relationship Sam Winchester U. Sam Winchester Reader. Additional tags Sam Winchester on Demon Blood. Knife Play. Blood Kink. Mirror Sex. Smut. Vaginal Sex. Explicit Sexual Content. A summary, me or you, she asks, barely more than a whisper. She's staring at him, and that's definitely not fear in her eyes. It's not fear, and it's not revulsion, even though Sam deserves both. Me. She nods jerkily and takes the blade. Sit in the chair for me? I don't want blood on my sheets. He strips down and sits. It's the chair of her little dressing table, so Sam's facing the mirror, and his reflection is glassy-eyed and flushed. He looks almost as up as he feels. Notes, title, and inspiration from Blood Buzz, Ohio by The National. Long time no see, Sam, she says softly. She smiles as she lets him in. It's sweet. She's sweet. It's been a while. He forgot how sweet she can be. Sam's having second thoughts. She deserves better than him. They've always been so rough with each other that it still surprises him how tender she can be. How beautifully she smiles when he runs his fingers over the bruises afterward. This is new, though, and he thinks it might push the limits of what she likes. He shouldn't ask her for this. It's not too late to back out. He could ask Ruby. He knows she'd like it. She'd use it against him, though, with her smirk and her sneer. She'd tell him how f***ed up he is. She'd tell him it's what he deserves, and that's too close to the truth right now. He's not sure he wants to hear it. He goes to the bathroom, pulls out the flask, takes a long pull. Ruby will be back tomorrow. He has plenty to last him until then. It burns a little when he licks his lips. He tucks the flask away and looks at himself in the mirror, baring his teeth to make sure the blood is invisible. Can she see it on him? Does she know that he's not the same Sam she met two years ago? recommendation for this 
next week is uh, this episode rather is uh, Blood Buzz, and it's by There Must Be a Lock, which I definitely feel like I've brought some of their stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, because I, yeah. I I love their stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So this one, like concept warning for anyone, this features um, knife play and blood. So you know if you want to like skip forward a little while, you can do. Um, yeah, you know it's it's not it's not for everybody. I, mm-hmm. I freely admit to being a, a filthy deviant pervert, so it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this one again is it's really short. It's it's under two thousand words, and I I come back to this one a lot. I do, and I don't know if I come back to it a lot because of m- maybe my own personal kinks um, regarding knives and things. Um, haha, there are people I work with that listen to this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, never mind. Never mind. That in, in no way impacts my ability to do my job. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I come back to this because it's um because it, you know it's reflective of maybe some of my personal kinks, or if it's just I don't know. I just Is it soulless Sam though? No. It isn't? Okay. No. Is it demon it, blood, Sam? It's Sam it's Sam on Demon Blood, yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's Sam on Demon Blood. So basically the sort of the premise of the work is it's Sam on Demon Blood and he goes to um you, the reader, whatever. Yeah, you, you, you the reader, and you've you've hooked up a little a little bit in the past. Um, but now Sam is, you know, Demon Blood Sam. Um, and he's high and he comes to you and like offers you a knife, and he's just like, I would like to sleep with you, and also if you could just cut me, please. Thank mm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's written really like it's it's written POV Sam. Um, not like it's not first person Sam, but it's it's POV Sam. So it's like you know, sort of like detailing all the things that are going on with him and like mm-hmm. the, the sort of the writer's thoughts about what what being high on demon blood maybe feels like, what it looks like maybe. Mm-hmm. And then it's um, you know, and then there's like the whole the whole sex and and things like that, and um, it's like. A, a little a little bit of knife play it's um it's it's not horrifically graphic but it's not shied away from either i think i did read this whole thing after i read after i narrated it i think i ended up reading the whole thing so now I'm, it's like a mirror are they mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah yeah. They're, uh, yeah they're in front of a mirror and it's mm-hmm. like um you know there's like a lot of sort of of watching and um it, it's quite visually focused on on what he can see and and the blood and and things like that and then it's um yeah we get to the end we get to the end and it's it's done and she's like yeah i'm going to i'm going to go shower and he's like yeah no that's fine i'll i'll be with you in a minute and then like he doesn't want to look at himself in the mirror cuz he's he's worried that he's going to have black eyes and you know like mm. be be too 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 demony because he's like he feels like he's losing himself mm-hmm. and that that's sort of like it comes it comes through in the sex like he feels like he's he's out of control and he's losing himself and then he's um you know like he's worried of what he's going to see when he looks in the mirror and then he does look and it's it's just him and okay. it's like his eyes are normal and, and it's just him and it's um you know there's there's nothing nothing nothing's taken over him he's just this fucked up basically yeah I don't I don't know I don't know if I come back to this sort of from a way of identifying that however much you want outside influences to be the reason why you know you're struggling or whatever and then you realize that it's just you Mm. you know and like you do you think it's the reason it's torturous like you just he just constantly we keep talking like you know not feeling pure not feeling clean not feeling like just wanting to torture like he can't he can't find anything good within himself mm. you know and it's like he just keeps coming back to that and hammering that home that torture like oh like you know i i need to like how much penance does he think he needs to do uh like how many different ways can he try to fix yeah. it and everything he tries just doesn't seem to work mm-hmm. i mean i think i think maybe maybe for this one it's not it's not implied in the work to be this way so maybe 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 it's my own interpretation um mm-hmm. 
But I kind of get the feeling like he he goes to her and asks her to do this because he wants to feel something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care if that something's good or bad. He just wants to feel something. Because mm-hmm. we we know... And it references it references in this fic that he, what he wants from from you, he could go and get from Ruby, but she would be cruel about it, and mm-hmm. he doesn't think you will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I like we know at this point in canon, he you know he what he was sleeping with Ruby as well. So it's I don't think it's about the sex either. Yeah, I think it's just this this wanting to feel to feel something, and mm-hmm. I think I resonate with this one so much because. Um, I mean, like this, this, uh, this cannon fodder is going to go out with the um, the family episode. So mm-hmm. you know, we've done therapy, family therapy with Callie mm-hmm. and Sandra. So <laughs> I, when I was younger, I I did self harm. Um, mm. it, it it was in the before times, but it was in the before times when things were really fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I I resonate with that feeling of wanting to feel something. Mm-hmm. even even if it's a bad something even if it's a pain it's something mm-hmm. you know and I think I think maybe that's what keeps drawing me back to this fic because like I said it's it's quite short and it's you know it's graphic and it like the sex is great mm-hmm. but it's just I think it's the mindset that just keeps keeps pulling me back to this one it just it's great do you think with um because I know that like the way the seasons have kind of like portrayed Sam's relationships. I mean, it's funny. The ones that I think are softer and sweeter, you don't really see the sex with Sam with those characters. But um, I mean, they had the the werewolf one, but even that one was kind of intense. That mm-hmm. was an intense scene. Oh, and then the, the Ruby stuff. It's very intense. Um, but like anything with Amelia, they never they never really showed. Um, and even with like, you know, whatever we're thinking happens with Eileen, they don't show that either. And I mean, we talk about how a lot of fanfic portrays the boys and I just feel like there's a different expression that they both search for in it. Mm-hmm. I always wondered, like, you know, because you like, you know, what does, how was his, how was his sexual relationship with Jessica or with Amelia? It just, it seemed very like glossy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting with him Mm. how they portray him a lot how we portray him a lot and a lot of people in fan fiction too there's a lot more to like you know we've talked about it and we joke about it but like dean wants to please like i think that's his like main thing like when he's in it uh sam i i don't know you're 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 the sam mortal so like you know what (laughs) what's like how what how do you think he approaches like do you really think it's just like is it more dom sub um I stuff I that he likes to explore I truthfully I I don't know I, when I explore it in in my own stuff I can very easily see it going either way mm-hmm. um to answer to answer your question about Jessica I think it was probably probably quite vanilla because he mm-hmm. was trying to be a certain kind of way Mm-hmm. At that time in his life, wasn't he? And he was like, "Yeah, no, come from a perfectly normal family. Shut up, mm-hmm. it's fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cool." Yeah, no, no, no. my dad didn't teach me how to kill things. Yeah, um, so I think I think it probably would have, you know, would have followed just like any kind of normal, just a, just a, a bog standard normal relationship. Mm-hmm. And then again, maybe with Amelia, he was trying to have a normal life. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it would have entailed anything particularly heavy kink wise right um i mm. i feel like eileen could be kinky though i feel like she oh, would yeah, have gotten definitely. the kink out of him a little bit definitely like, it might I not feel... have happened right away but i think it would have do you know i feel like intrinsically and i've written i've written sam i i'll be honest i tend to write sam more more dominating than submissive in a normal work obviously mm-hmm. kink works different mm-hmm. but in a normal work but i think 
I don't know. I think maybe he'd, I think generally that's, that's how he would be. It's like just sort of due to the nature, the nature of who he is, you know, he's like Dean, he's a people pleaser. He mm-hmm. would, you know, he'd, he'd want to, he'd, he'd want to be what you wanted him to be, I think. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you wanted him to be like the big strong man, he would be the big strong man. If you wanted him to be nice and sweet and sensitive, he would be nice and sweet and sensitive. You know, I think, I think he'd he'd be what you wanted him to be in mm. bed. But I think if he had his choice, I think maybe he'd take more of a sub route personally. Who do you think would voice what they wanted more quickly in a relationship if they wanted something different or outside of vanilla, if it wasn't already like an established thing that going into it, do you think Dean would approach at first, or you think mm. Sam would? I think Sam would, because I think Sam's Sam's got the history of going for what he wants, mm-hmm. whereas Dean's Dean's got that history of doing as he's told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think if if you if you wanted to change things up with Dean, I think you'd have to be the one to broach it. I think he'd be. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying he wouldn't throw you around the bedroom and show you a good time because mm-hmm. he categorically would. But and I do has. think he, <laughs> because he's yeah, because people have noted and commented that, you know, oh, you know, that Dean, best sex of my life. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's that scene with that shirt and the witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shirt, which, you know, <laughs> and the Cassie thing as well. So I think I think Dean's like he's happy to lay back and and not let you do all the work, but let you let you have it the way you want to have it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like we saw that with with Cassie and um, with the witch whose name escapes me. Um, it's the scene with the <laughs> with the shirt, and all I can think. <laughs> All I can think is the outtakes where Jensen can't get the cuffs off his wrists. <laughs> He's just fucking waving his arm back and forth and having a tantrum about it. Why am um, I blanking out? What season is this? Why am I blanking out at this? Why am I oh, doing this to myself? The little the the kids called Emma. Um, oh, yeah. this oh the slaves girls the Amazons the Amazons yeah yes. she's okay. they, yeah they were they were witches though weren't they I'm not going insane. I they think they were like Amazons. I mean, they oh, they shit. did like ritual stuff, but I don't know if they did witchy stuff. No, maybe not then. I was, yeah, the, the, <laughs> but that sounds uh, much more interesting. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought I thought you'd be with me from the white shirt. <laughs> That's why I blanked out because I think yeah, no, yeah, yeah, should be yeah, yeah. That I still hate that scene for the reason that they intercut all that other stuff in it. They should not have done that. But again, that's just my gripe of like you know other body parts flying yeah. across rooms and blood and stuff. I'm like you had to ruin it. But I think then I think then then there's like a really good juxtaposition between we see Cassie in season one and she's breaking all the TV rules and she's on top and she's she's mm-hmm. in charge and she's doing nipple and then we see <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Anna in season three and it's you know her first time mm-hmm. question mark mm-hmm. and he's keeps it nice and sweet and mm-hmm. you know it's all missionary and let's gaze into each other's eyes and mm-hmm. da 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 it's the fucking hottest thing in two legs on that show <laughs> I'm not even getting the bucket his back muscles Jesus Christ I swear to God, one day I'm going to write a fic. I'm going to write two. I'm going to write an ode to Sam Winchester's hair and an ode to Dean Winchester's back and shoulder muscles. We should do a detailed exploration on the uh, the upper body muscles of uh, Jared and Jensen because uh, Sam's got some fucking shoulders and biceps as well. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think he's just probably quite good at intuiting. Yeah, what his partner might want yeah. from the encounter. Whereas I think Sam's probably a bit more open and a bit more, this is what I want. Does that yeah. sound like something you might want? You know, and that sounds a lot like how they were, you know, when they were growing up. So a lot of that, I think, kind of like carries over, you know, into that. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's interesting. Absolutely. That second child, Sam, nobody tells him no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's Blood Buzz by There Must Be A Lock. I believe they have potentially changed the name on AO3. 
Oh, so, really? Okay. Or do they just have a lot of, a lot of suits that they use? Cause that's, again, that's a new thing that I just learned like a few months. I'm like, Oh, you can write under all these different names. So it's, it's just, it's very, I might, I might make one and start writing mass effect porn and just not tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have that associated with my supernatural stuff. Man, I got to stop reading it. It's ruining the games for me. Like hardcore. <laughs> But oh, yeah, God. that's uh, that's Blood Buzz. And um, if there has been a name change or a pseudonym or something, uh, the link will still be in the description. Okay. Anyway, if you go check it out and give some love to your authors, as we keep asking you to do. So thanks again for listening. And we are going to wrap up part one of our family theme episode. If you would like to reach out to us, you can email us at idlinginthepala at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter. It's idling in the letter D, Impala. You can find me on AO3 under Drasna, D-R-A-S-N-A. On Twitter, I am S. Kyle Writes. That's S-K-Y-L-E-W-R-I-T-E-S. And you can also reach out to me on my website at sandrakyle.com where you can read some of my original fiction. I don't have my partner in crime with me for this outro, so I am going to give you Carly Karma's information. You can find them on AO3 and Twitter with the username Carly Karma. It's K as in Kilo, A as in Alpha, R as in Romeo, L as in Lima, E as in Echo, E as in Echo, and Karma as you would normally spell it this go round. She's the organized one. I am the agent of chaos. We thank you for listening. Take care. If three different types of pie can't tear him away from the television, nothing will. God, I hope the movie's done by now. All I know is I am deserving of some hair care tonight. By hair care, you mean running your fingers all through Sam's. Absolutely. Well, baby's back safe and sound, and we've got some boys to see. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Who knows, maybe next time we'll give you the keys to take her for a spin. Where's the pie? Look at these chemicals. You even read the label? No, I read pie. The rest is just blah, blah, blah. 